I have with me one of the smartest black men on this side of heaven. And he is a longtime friend. He's spoken at our events. I've gone on his shows. He's been on mine. And I have to tell you, the children of the lie hate him because he is a man of truth. Larry Elder is here. He is a writer and host of the Larry Elder Show. He's also the producer of a brand new movie, uh, a documentary, Uncle Tom. Who, who would have thought that Uncle Tom one day would be a movie? <laughs> Larry, welcome to the show. Happy White History Month. Jesse Lee, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, okay. sir. And, and so did you know about White History Month? I do now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's our next federal holiday. That's right. Absolutely. How was your 4th of July? Uh, it was fine. Um, it was uh, uneventful. I just basically rested. Yeah. I've, I've, schedule I've been promoting this movie you've been talking about and and Jesse Lee I gotta tell you this movie has been the the reaction critically and in terms of revenue has been beyond anything I could have imagined yeah I have most things when I when I approach life I have my worst case scenario most likely scenario best case scenario it exceeded the best case scenario uh, exponentially uh, it, it has raised more money in its opening weekend twice as much money in its opening weekend uh, as Michael Moore's Bowling for Columbine did in this opening weekend and that went on to become the fifth highest grossing political documentary in America. And think about it, Jesse Lee. We interviewed, we, we released ours online. Yeah. So a bunch of one room can watch it. You can watch it as many times as you want. You can't do that with a theatrical release. So it's really even more impressive when you think about it that way. What prompted you to do Uncle Tom? Produce a movie, Uncle Tom. <laughs> well, Jesse, as you well know, uh, people like you and me get called that all the time. Yeah. And a young director named, Je named Justin Malone approached me about two and a half years ago and told me he was thinking about doing a movie to explore the phenomenon of people like you and people like me and people like some of the others that were in the film. Uh, the names we get called simply for raising what I consider to be simple, commonsensical points of view. Uh, and if you suggest, for example, that maybe we shouldn't be in the party of Roe v. Wade, Maybe we shouldn't be in the party of, of open borders because uh, unskilled illegal aliens compete for jobs and put downward pressure on wages that would otherwise uh, be higher if it weren't for illegal aliens. Uh, maybe we should be in the party that, that is mandating your kid go to a school uh, where only 3% of kids can do math at grade level. That's my former high school, Crenshaw High School. It's a school also that's, that's run by the Crips. And right now, if you live within a certain geographical radius of that high school, you are mandated by government to send your kid to a school where only 3% of kids can do math at grade level and is run by the Crips. The Republican Party is a party, as you know, of choice and vouchers. Uh, and it turns out that inner city parents, black and brown parents, according to polls I've seen, support vouchers, support choice, because they realize that their local school uh, is a underperforming school. You know who doesn't support uh, vouchers and choice? White Democrats, who would never put their kid in an inner city school on a bet. So who's in your who's on your side? So we raise these kinds of questions. And instead of just prompting an intelligent, healthy uh, debate that might advance the ball in the black community, we're shut down. We're called Uncle Tom's, self-loathers, coons, and other, and other things we can't say <laughs> on a family show. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And you're right that the move is very popular. Uh, hardly, I go to the gym at least three times a week now, sometimes four. And hardly a day when I go to the gym that someone don't come over to me and say, hey, I saw you at Uncle Tom. And so it's very, very popular. 
Well, it sure is. And, and Jesse, there's something called IMDB. It's the International Movie Database, where you can take a look at all the reviews that people have posted. And so far, over a thousand people have registered a review uh, from uh, one to 10 on the movie. Uh, and about 300 have written written reviews, and they are off the chart. The movie overall uh, has about a 9.5, 9.6 rating. That's higher than any of the ratings of, of any of the Michael Moore movies. And anybody can write a rating. You can write a rating and say you hate the movie if you want to. So I have no control over that. And the ratings are just off the chart, honestly. Yeah. And, and Jesse, you're a star in the movie. You're so funny. Uh, there's, a, there's a segment where Jesse Lee is talking about the things people have called him. And he said people have called him. Coon. Matter of fact, I have a Coon of the Year award over here. <laughs> That's one of the funniest lines in the film. There it is. I didn't make it up. <laughs> so, Larry, I wanted to ask you, it just occurred to me right now, I've never asked you this, what is the purpose of calling blacks who disagree with the Democrats, what's the purpose of calling them Coon and Uncle Tom and those names? What are the people expecting by calling them that? Well, the media uh, drives this phony narrative that racism remains a major problem in America. And I believe largely, Jesse Lee, that many of these young reporters believe it's true. They've been trained this by Hollywood, by academia, by media. Uh, they've gone through school. They've, they've been taught about microaggressions. So if you say anything at all that sounds at all impolite, uh, that in the minds of a younger person is their definition of racism. For Democrats, they do it because they want black people to be angry and upset. They don't want black people thinking about crime. They don't want black people thinking about the quality of their schools. They don't want black people thinking about illegal aliens in neighbor, na neighborhoods. They want black people thinking about racism, racism, racism. And by the way, we Democrats are the party uh, that's against racism. And those dastardly Republicans over there, they're the party of racism. And one of the things that you know we do in Uncle Tom is go over the history of the Democrat Party and the history of the Republican Party. Uh, and a lot of young people are writing me telling me they had no idea that, that uh, Democrats founded the KKK. The KKK at one time was referred to as the terror wing of the Democrat Party. A lot of young people didn't know that. Didn't know that Democrats opposed the 13th Amendment that freed the slaves, the 14th Amendment that gave, gave slaves citizenship, the 15th Amendment that, at least on paper, gave slaves the right to, uh, right to vote. Uh, many of young people are completely unaware that the Democratic the Party opposed all of that. And the party was founded, one of the founding principles was preservation of slavery. One of the founding principles of the Republican Party, the founding principle, was to stop the spread of slavery and ultimately uh, to, uh, uh, to eliminate it. And as a percentage of the party, more Republicans voted for the Civil Rights Act of 64 than Democrats. We talk about that in the movie, too. Yeah. And there's this big lie they put out that they claimed there was this big switch in the mid-60s. All of a sudden, all the racist Democrats uh, left the Democratic Party and joined the racist Republican Party. The problem with that is if you look at every single one of the Democrats who voted, for, voted against the Civil Rights Act uh, in the Senate, how many of them switched and became Republicans? One, Strom Thurmond. Look at all the Democrats in the House that voted against the Civil Rights Act of 64. How many of them switched and became Republicans? One, and I can't even think of his name. Uh, <laughs> And, and Jesse, think about it. You're you're a white racist Democrat, and you're and you're cheesed off because the Civil Rights Act just got passed. So you leave the Democrat Party, join the party whose members voted for the act at a greater percentage than the party you left. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie. That's right. The pure lie, and they do that to try to justify the, the the racist history of the Democratic Party and to confer that racism on, on the contemporary Republican Party, and that's why they do it. And that's and they're very successful. They get 95% of Black people pulling that lever for the Democratic Party, like Lemmings, without asking any of the questions that I that I just now asked. That's right. 
You know, another thing I've noticed that's happening, when I was growing up on a plantation down in Alabama under the Jim Crow laws, when people disagreed, it was a disagreement. It wasn't a name calling, oh, you this or that. They just disagreed. But now, if you disagree with the Democrats or the left, they try to shut you down. They don't even want anyone to hear a difference of opinion. Well, that's exactly right. No, the the executive editor of the New York Times is black. First time they've ever had a black executive uh, editor. And he hired a conservative writer named Brett Stevens, uh, who's uh, a Trump hater, but he's a Republican, uh, as a columnist. And his first column was a column skeptical about climate change. And the editor of the New York Times, his name is Dean Bacay, said a whole bunch of people contacted the paper, canceled their subscriptions. He was surprised. And he admitted, and this is what he said, this is verbatim, the left, as a general rule, does not want to hear thoughtful disagreement, end of quote. Well, Jesse Lee, the black left doesn't even agree that there's such a thing as thoughtful disagreement. And that's where we are. And what's what's ironic is that the, the, what I call the access of indoctrination, Hollywood media and academia, they want to malign anybody black, uh, like you and like me, that suggests that maybe we ought to break our allegiance to the Democratic Party, and they've also been successful in getting black people to brand us as the villains. We're the bad guys. They're the ones who passed all this policy that made things worse. Uh, the welfare state, in my opinion, has incentivized women to marry the government and allowed men to abandon their financial and moral responsibility. That is the number one problem facing the country, the number one problem facing the black community. And the left has done that. But instead of us looking at the left and saying, who are these guys? What are their real motives? We're the bad guys. That's how ingenious they've been. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. uh, off note here, I just heard over the weekend that um, Kanye West, I think, uh, is running for president. Is that true or that's a lie? No, I, I heard it too. Uh, I haven't analyzed it. Don't know anything about it. Don't know whether or not he's got an album <laughs> out that coincides with that. Who the hell knows? I don't think he's going to carry very many states though. Yeah. I was thinking maybe he's, if it's true that he's doing it to draw some of the blacks away from the Democratic Party, because I think Kanye West understands that the Democrats have just used the blacks for personal gain. So maybe he's doing well, it for that reason. Well, I think if he were to run, uh, the likelihood is he would take away more votes, uh, more black votes that otherwise would vote for Joe Biden than would vote for Trump. But who, but who knows? I really don't know. Right. Um, are you surprised, Larry, that after Obama, eight years of Obama, that more blacks have not abandoned? I know there are a lot of them abandoned after Obama, eight years, because he did nothing for the black community. They thought he would. I don't know right. what they were expecting, but they thought he would. Are you surprised more blacks have not abandoned the Democratic Party? I am. I am surprised because uh, I, I think a lot of uh, Democrats falsely believe that if only there was somebody in the White House who really understood us, really cared about us, really cared about our problems, our life would be so much better. I think the attitude was personified by that woman named Peggy Joseph uh, on, on YouTube, who uh, at one of Obama's rallies right before he became president, she said, oh, it was the most amazing night of my of my life. If I if I help him, he'll help me. Yeah. He'll help pay my mortgage. He'll help pay my, put gas in my car. And I played that on the air. I know you did too. Yeah. And this is what people expect a president to be able to do. They're going to be very, very disappointed. And later on, about uh, several years into his presidency, uh, Peggy Joseph was revisited. Uh, her mortgage was not paid for. Her gas prices had gone up. And she realized that ultimately her fate is in her hands, not in the hands of somebody in the White House. Yeah. Barbara, she said, 
what happens in your house is way more important than what happens in the White House. So I thought that a lot of black people naively assuming that uh, a magical guy who cares about us, a black guy, uh, would make things better when it didn't. Maybe then they would, they would realize that it's all about hard work, accountability and, and, a, and a smaller government, not a bigger government. But that has not happened. What's happened is Obama remains enormously popular and whatever problem is always blamed on somebody else. His recovery was the worst economic recovery since 1949. Black uh, poverty went up. Uh, between 2010 and 2013, Jesse Lee, black net worth fell about a third. Do I blame Obama, Obama for that? Yes, I do. I'll tell you why. When Obama was a private lawyer, he joined, he had 186 uh, clients, class action lawsuit, and sued Citicorp claiming that these black would-be borrowers weren't getting mortgages because they were black. Now, they weren't getting mortgages because they had lousy credit ratings, but that didn't matter. <laughs> he sued, and you know what happens. Corporations settled, so they all got their mortgages, and right now, as you and I speak, of that 186, a bunch of them filed for bankruptcy. Almost all of them lost their homes. I think only about 16 or 17 of them still have their homes. And one of them even said there ought to be some sort of law preventing banks from lending money to people who can't afford to pay it back. <laughs> Duh! <laughs> and these are the kinds of things that, that people do when they think they're benefiting black people, whether it's affirmative action, whether it's the welfare state, whether it's forcing banks to change lending criteria so anybody who could fog up a mirror could get a home. These things hurt people. They don't help people, yeah. they hurt people. That's right, I totally agree. Uh, before we run out of time, Larry, I, I definitely want you to tell the people how to get Uncle Tom, the movie Uncle Tom. How do you sum up what's this terrorist attack on America right now by Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and all these other radical groups that's messed up? What is this all about? Well, you can get Uncle Tom by going to UncleTom.com. It's an online release. You can also get a DVD. And while you're there, you can buy some Uncle Tom merch. Be the first in your hood to get you an Uncle Tom T-shirt. <laughs> what I think is going on right now in the street, uh, Jesse, is complete and total ignorance. Ignorance of the fact that the police are not out to get black people. If anything, studies show the police are more hesitant, more reluctant to pull the trigger on a black person than on a, than on a, a white person. Last year, according to the Washington Post, there were nine black uh, people shot and killed by the police, uh, there were blacks. There were 19 unarmed, uh, unarmed nine unarmed blacks were shot and killed by the police. 19 unarmed whites. I bet most people can't even name an unarmed white person who's been shot and killed by the police. Every year, the police uh, kill twice as many white people as they kill blacks. They kill at least as many unarmed whites as unarmed blacks. Nobody seems to care. It was an unarmed white person. And police shootings against blacks are down dramatically over the last 50, 60 years, according to the CDC. The rate at which police have shot blacks have declined 75 percent. Meanwhile, of all the homicides in this country, as you well know, half of them are black. Most of those are killed by other young black men. It is rare for the police to kill anybody, even more rare for the police to kill a white person, a black person, even more rare for the police to kill an unarmed black person. It almost never happens. And when it does happen, uh, virtually every single time, either the person resisted, resisted uh, in a way that made him reasonably be perceived as dangerous, every now and then there's a handful of cases which is really quite remarkable. Out of 50 million responses, 11 million of people who are arrested, 50,000 cops assaulted, only 1,000 people are, 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 are killed, and almost all of those, as I mentioned, had a weapon or resisted violently or both. Amazing. That's the type of education that the blacks need to hear instead of all the lies and this crap that they've been taught. They've need to hear the truth. See, folks, I told you he is one of the smartest black men on this side of heaven. <laughs> so, Larry, 
How can people uh, listen to the Larry Elder Show? Uh, real easy. Just go to my website, LarryElder.com, and there's all sorts of apps. You can hear this show live. I'm on from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Pacific Time, live Monday through Friday. And the movement is Uncle Tom, and they can go where for that? Go to UncleTom.com. And by the way, follow me on Twitter, at Larry Elder, on Instagram, and on Facebook. I'm all over social media, same as Jesse Lee. <laughs> and, and we, Jesse Lee and I, are trying to get out the truth. Uh, what I consider myself to do every single day, Jesse Lee, I deprogram Victocrats. Yes. One forehead, one forehead at a time. <laughs> That's right. Amazing. Larry, and Larry, again, you know that we appreciate the support you've been giving Barn ever since we started, man. So it's been amazing. We're 30 years old now, the organization, and we're helping people around the world, not just in America, all races, male and female now. It's just mind-blowing. So thank well, you. It's the number one problem facing this country, the, the, the men and women who are growing up without fathers. Yes. And uh, that's got to be held. That's got to be fixed. If that isn't fixed, nothing else matters. Absolutely. The movie, the, the movie is Uncle Tom, folks. Be sure to check it out. Larry, thank you so much. And if we could be of any help to you at all, let us know. My pleasure, Jesse Lee. Anytime. And congratulations on an amazing movie, man. Uncle thank Tom. You. Thank you. Thank you, Uncle Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Take care, buddy. Amazing. Larry Elder, folks. Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jesse Lee Peterson radio show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it.